0: Good morning. For a time of confession today, we're going to look at Proverbs 18:21, just one verse, 18 Proverbs 18:21, 18, which says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You might remember last week we discussed that what we speak affects our hope in God, because life can burst forth from the words that we speak. Words can be very life-giving, and as we mentioned, we can encourage or diminish the faith of others by the words that we speak. We left last week with the admonition to be nourished in the words of faith, that we must Immerse ourselves in an environment of positive, faith-filled affirmations, we must first think rightly in order to speak rightly. Our faith-filled thinking leads to faith-filled speech. But overall, we learned that who we are in Christ demands an outflow of faith from our mouth. So let us continue today, and today I want to reflect on the consequences of not speaking in faith. The consequences of not speaking in faith. More specifically, when others speak toxic, faith-killing words into your life, what should you do? It might have happened to you at some point. There's a right way and a wrong way to respond to toxic words. If we respond rightly in faith, we'll glorify God and the body will grow in love. As we mentioned... Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So as a result, when people speak, perhaps out of anger, perhaps out of a response, when people speak faith-killing words into our lives, we cannot simply ignore them. And this is a common response today. Just, Just pretend like those mean words were never said. But... These deadly words or statements have to be rejected. We have to count, counter them. Because if they're not, they can lead to negative thinking in our hearts and actually end up killing our faith. We have to actively reject false faith-killing words in our mind and replace them with God's promises. And just say that again. We have to actively reject false faith-killing words and replace them with God's promises. And the best way to do this is to immediately turn to God in prayer. And don't worry so much about the other person. That's not really the issue. But take a spiritual stand for the truth. Now let me give you some examples to explain this. Let's say someone says to you, you'll never amount to anything. Well, you you should respond by going immediately to God and proclaiming the truth, saying something like this, Father, I reject this statement that I will never amount to anything. By your grace, Lord God, I am giving, I am living to be all that you've called me to be. And I thank you that you control my life, not this person. I rejoice that if you are for me, who can be against me? Thank you, God, for your promise in Psalm 27, that even when I am forsaken by others, you will take care of me. See, that's, that's responding to what is untrue with truth. Here's another example. Someone says, oh, you're just like your bad uncle. Well, the faith-filled response says, oh, Father in heaven, I reject this statement that I will be like my angry uncle. I want to imitate the things in his life that are biblical, but I step into the identity that you have given me, and I will, by your grace, be more and more conformed to the image of your Son, as your word says in Romans 8. See, this is responding in faith. It's, it's turning that false negative, that lie, into truth. Now, sometimes toxic words can come to the level of curses, Right? Something like, you'll never change, right? Now, demonic principalities and powers actually love to grab those words and try to bring them to fulfillment in your life. So it's very important that we reject any curses. Because curses not only kill faith, but demons use them to afflict us. So the main exhortation here is that if untruthful, toxic, faith-killing words come against you, We must reject them. We we must replace them with the truth and God's promises. Now, you may be thinking, amen, I will do that. That's a good encouragement. But surely I never speak such toxic words. Well, let us take a moment to examine our own hearts because we may think that we speak some words that are not toxic, but sometimes we do speak words that can slowly eat away at relationships in the same way. And let me tell you, this can particularly happen slowly over time. It can happen in marriages. It can happen, happen among siblings. It can happen with those we work with or minister with. Here's some examples. Sarcastic words. Something like, the dishes aren't going to wash themselves. Yeah, it's, not, it's not very loving. Right? How about words that shut down brainstorming? Like, that's a terrible idea. It's just not encouraging, is it? How about disrespectful words? Like, I wish you would get a real job. Or comparing words. Comparing words. We need to be on guard for this. I wish we were like that family. Or, why don't you try to be more like Tony's wife? These are hurtful words. These can erode relationships. How about selfish words? Such as, no one does anything around here but me. Or lastly, we can actually say nothing. We can actually say nothing when a response is expected or a question is asked. If we say nothing, that can be hurtful as well. These are faithless words that erode relationships. Brothers and sisters, our words are very powerful. They can be powerfully used for good or powerfully used for evil. We are called to speak and receive by faith. So it will take effort. It will take effort to put off the flesh habits of negative thinking and speaking. And it will take diligence to put on the spirit habits of faith. And Paul likens it to a fight, doesn't he? Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Because speaking by faith and responding by faith will require us to persevere in the positive truth that we found, we find in Scripture. I, I want you to listen how Colossians 1 relates the importance of pressing forward in faith. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet he now has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you as holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard grounded and steadfast in faith and letting that flow from our hearts in our words so as we come to our time of confession firstly let's never let's remember that we should never accept toxic lies spoken to us because they may get a spiritual foothold in our heart but we must reject them and respond with God's promises and secondly Let us confess that when we have spoken words that erode relationships and oppose God's truth, we must confess these and repent before our God. Let us now consider our words as we go to our God in confession. I'm going to ask, uh, if you're willing and able, to kneel uh, with me for our corporate prayer of confession. Find on your bulletin that we will say together. Eternal and merciful God, you have loved us with a love beyond our understanding, and you have set us on paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yet we have strayed from your way. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, through what we have done and what we have left undone. As we remember the lavish gift of your grace, proclaim to us in your covenant upheld by Christ and applied by the Spirit, we praise you and give you thanks. Grant us now, we pray, the grace to die daily to sin and to rise daily to new life in Christ, who lives and reigns with you and in whose strong name we pray. Amen. We'll now take a moment to individually confess our sins to God.